Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with IDNANG. What a day. What a day. I hope you're feeling very charged and refreshed like I am. I want to thank God for the gift of life, friends. We shouldn't and ever take it for granted. Please remember that you need to stay safe and remain safe. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You don't have to prove anything. Just stay safe. In whatever you do, please stay safe. I don't know why I decided to start on this note because it's been painful getting to hear of relations of friends who have passed on in the last couple of days. I'm not just talking within the country. I'm also talking about ex-colleagues of mine across the world, you know, on different platforms and um, some measure of mourning because some people just decided, you know, to just give life whatever it is, whatever it takes, whatever it comes with. But I'm saying to you, please stay safe and be the very best you can be for yourself and your family. Well, I bid you welcome. If this is your first time to listen to this program, we've been looking at the subject of intrapreneurship. And as you recall, I did say that this is intended to build a seeming sense of direction for a lot of people who currently are in their nine-to-five jobs and um, are thinking about a side hustle. There are also those that are in the nine-to-five but need to express themselves and begin to act like business owners to shape the thoughts and their minds in a way and manner that will make them stand out within their various organizations. And there's also the third audience, those that actually want to step into the terrain of business. Taking all of this together, um, in the last edition, we shared some characteristics of an intrapreneur. We asked ourselves the big question, are you an intrapreneur? The type of signs you need to watch out for, for you to know if you are one or not. The strengths that are attributable to an intrapreneur. Today, I want to take a side check And that side check or sidekick, maybe sidekick will be more appropriate, is to look at the whole concept of strategy and then look at it within the point of translating strategy into action. Because many of us do not even understand that the mere fact that you are thinking like an intrapreneur is a mode and a type of strategy. It's your personal strategy to switch from point A into zone B. Many times we are in a certain zone in our minds. Um, Some people are zoned in the place of murmuring, complaining, talking about the ills of the society, a lot more feeding on negatives. You never find them come out with stuff that are positive. They drain their energy, they drain themselves. Whilst on the other side, you can find very few people that are sitting on the pathway of optimism. Those ones feed on positive energy. Now, it is that particular spirit I'm looking for now 
as I'm going to start talking to you within the framework of if you want to step into a terrain that is either foreign, foreign here meaning that you don't have an idea, or it is a terrain where you've seen other people play and you want to get into it, or maybe within the context of your business, that is where you work, a lot of responsibility is being placed on your shoulders for you to show some element of leadership and you don't know where to go and how to go about it. So it's a mixed mag for different people. And I hope the next couple of minutes, even with the break, you'll find it useful to attain the very heights you want in your degree of self-emancipation. Let me start by saying that in any organization, to drive organizational success, it requires decisions. To drive your own business success, to drive your own community, family, whatever you do, success in that area will be a function of decisions. I see a lot of people get into the business world or they want to do something on the side. They need to understand that it takes certain parameters to keep it going. One is the type of market where you want to play. The market you want to play in, there are different markets. There's a financial market. There's a fast-moving goods, consumer goods market. There's a technology-driven market. There are several kinds of markets. So there could also be a niche, a place where, you know, the food market, where you just want to sell on the go. So markets are defined by reason of not just industry, but how you can draw down the macro into micro. Many times, we make the mistake of staying on the macro, meaning the big ticket items. But if you actually drill down into smaller bits, so take the food industry, for instance, somebody will say to you, I want to play in the food industry. Whilst this person is looking at that as, I want to open a five-star restaurant in the very heart of the you know, um, suburb, uh, Victoria Island, highbrow, it could be lucky. Some other person is living in the mainland, maybe somewhere in Ikeja, tucked in there. The type of restaurant that may be relevant and to that particular audience and that space may not necessarily be four or five star. First of all, you need to check about the, the arena. And that's where, from the market, a new dimension kicks in, which is about the competitive advantage. So what are the types of food markets that are there within your vicinity in Ikeja, vis-a-vis a a Lucky or a Victoria Island? I'm using those two um, polarized locations to let you know that serving on one and serving in the other, you can have the same brand in the two different locations, but you cannot make a success of it if you do not decide and understand your competitive advantage and your competitive positioning. And that's why very many times I always start by saying to everyone, if you want to succeed in whatever you're doing, it is important that you understand the art and science of positioning. Positioning is the key. It is where 
and what you do to stay in the heart and minds of your end user. It is the way you want your end user, whether a purchaser, whether a consumer, or whoever is going to partake or buy your service to see you and to relate with you, you here being your product or your service. If you position yourself in a way and manner that you are perceived to be premium, you cannot find yourself dealing in areas that are sub-premium or mainstream. So, for example, you cannot set up a premium outlet in a place like Agege. You're basically just wasting real estate, wasting precious time, and your resources are burning by the day. You probably may have 100 people working and 99, if not the whole 100, will work out. But if you were to position that same restaurant in a place like Bitoyaland, the chances would be that you would have out of the 100 that are working, maybe about 70 will sit down and have a proper meal. 20 may decide to have deliveries. And the other 10 are just in between. They're yet to make a decision. Of the 70 that sit down to have that meal, maybe 50 will return. And that's where the business begins to build. So business success, organizational success, again, is about decisions. And these decisions are premised on markets, they are premised on competitive advantage, and they are premised on competitive positioning. If you get this as a principle, baking this into your mind stream as an intrapreneur or entrepreneur, both are intertwined. I did say to you that an intrapreneur is a word that is coined from two words, intra, that could be internal and entrepreneur. So you have both in one. It is actually how someone is in an environment and begins to think as an owner. But even if you are in that environment and you are the owner, you actually need to instill the spirit of intrapreneurship in your employees or your staff. So you are the owner of the business, but your staff and the people that work for you need to have a sense of belonging so you can actually make the best of value. What does this mean? It means understanding the art and science of winning. Playing to win is not just winning to play. No. Very many people think about winning first before thinking about how to play. You can't just get on the football pitch and you say, I want to win this match. You must play. If you don't play, you can't win. If you don't think about the architecture of that game, who are your competitors? Who are the guys that are going to come into the pitch? What kind of players do they have? What type of formation would they bring to the table? If it's a team sport like football, basketball, handball, etc. But if it is tennis, you know that this is single to single. This is a character, a person. How do I dislodge this particular individual? Is she better on the forehand or on the backhand? That means you're beginning to have a dream about playing to win. That is where strategy really comes in. So what you do before you get into the play is really what we talk about strategy. I can say to you that strategy 
equals decisions. There's a book I'd like to recommend to those of you that can probably just order it or look for it. It's Playing to Win by A.G. Laffley and Roger Martin. This book also speaks to how strategy really works. And you will find that it basically would tell you that strategy equals decisions. So that you wake up in the morning and then you just decide not to go to work, that's not strategy. That's not what I'm talking about. Remember, I'm talking about organizational success. I'm talking about business success, which is premised on decisions. And those decisions are also anchored on the ability to extrapolate markets where you want to play, how you want to play, where and what you need to do to play. There lies competitive advantage and then the positioning. And so strategy is an integrated set of choices that will uniquely position your company, your organization, your business in its own industry so that it creates a sustainable advantage and a superior value relative to the competition. You know, it's very interesting that um, you find um, what you call a tale of two worlds. It's always very interesting if you start from a little um, analogy I'll put there. Um, in terms of football, you have different tribes. You have different tribes. Uh, there's a tribe called Chelsea. There's a tribe called Arsenal. There's a tribe called Real Madrid. And um, the fans make up these tribes, right? And their heroes are in all of these clubs, Barcelona. So in there are players. So let's take the Messi versus Ronaldo. That was one conversation that took the storm at a time. You would find the fans of Messi telling you it's all-time better than Ronaldo. And the Ronaldo guys would tell you, oh, there's nothing like CR7. They would give you all the stats about CR7 whilst the others will give you the start about Messi. But, friends, is it really about those two guys? Is it really about what they do? So how do we tell that back to their various clubs? How do we take that back to where they are? Now, the clubs must have sat back and said to themselves, we need to be so-so and so for the next four or five seasons. We need to be champions of Europe in the next three seasons. For us to make that a reality, we need some star players. And we need to invest ahead of demand. That in itself is strategy. It's an integrated choice that Barcelona, that PSG, that um, Chelsea would make. Any of these clubs that you know, they make those decisions at the back end because they are heading somewhere. Bring it forward. You think it's just so easy that there's also the conversation about you and your colleagues. There you are. Both of you are in the same workplace. Both of you are in the same department. Both of you are maybe at the same grade. One of you ultimately needs to become the chief operating officer. What do you do? What's going to set you apart? It's the set of choices that you make that will uniquely position you within the context of your company, organization, department, and create that advantage that will make you become the talk of the board. 
So when the board meets and they're looking to fill the role of the chief operating officer, they'll begin to look at the stats of Mr. A, the stats of Mr. B. It's exactly the same way the fans of Lionel Messi will be talking passionately about Messi and the fans of Ronaldo will be talking about Ronaldo, who's going to win the coveted trophy. That's exactly what happens, friends. But you know what? The clubs had a strategy. Even um, Lionel Messi and Ronaldo, they equally have their own individual strategy. So success does not just happen. It takes some strategy. Let me look at one or two definitions of the word strategy. Bruce Anderson says, you know, in the origin of strategy, he says that strategy is a deliberate search for a plan of action that will develop a business's competitive advantage and compound it. I love this definition so much. You know why? Because it kind of personalizes it for me. You know, I look back at the days when I started my career as a young executive, then at Guinness. I used to marvel at how my bosses, Ekunife Okoli, Akiayileka, Ibrahim Dauda, and Chief Mba, how they were always standing out. I mean, there were bosses in marketing then. And these guys, you get to a meeting, and they're already giving you a picture of what we want, you know, Malta Guinness to look like, or Guinness, or Hap, as it were. How we will always sit well and sit pretty so that we're doing nothing but making sure that the consumers will always prefer us to our competitors. And at that time, the only thing you will hear us talk about is how we will be relevant to the consumer. But it always came back to one thing. What is that strategy? What is that deliberate plan of action that we need to develop to give each of those brands a competitive advantage? They never stopped at just the brands. They came into us. They now sent us to different schools, schools where we met. When I'm talking about schools, now I'm talking about training. In the days when we used to attend outcomes was the late Mike Abakoba would always bring together marketing professionals um, from Unilever, from Nigerian Breweries, from Guinness, all over uh, USC. We all met in this little space called uh, either Unilever Africa Marketing Course or we met at Adcoms. But when we came in there, we all represented different companies and probably handling different brands. But you would not find my colleague from Nigerian Breweries, who probably is a star brand manager, and I sitting in a place and we will be antagonistic of one another. We were always learning because we're in search of what we need to do to have this competitive advantage, both on a personal basis and also corporately. So I am using this as a pointer to you to say, if you want to make a success of your life, your business, and the company, the environment, whatever you're doing, strategy is key. And I'm going to bring another definition of strategy to highlight this point, just to zero in the fact that if you are just getting up, you know, and you want to set up a business, you must understand that strategy is an act of war. 
and this is what uh, Karl Klosvich, um in his book on war, that's volume one, defines strategy as it is being concerned with drafting the plan of war and shaping the individual campaigns. And within this, deciding on the individual engagements, meaning that you must see this as an art of war, that you are going to take a territory or that you want to go and hoist your flag in a particular area. Yes, there may be other people circulating around that area, but you want to hoist your flag there and be seen by everyone as the product, the service, the man, the woman. But you need to be conscious of it and shape the campaigns that will make that happen. All of that is premised on one thing, that you have a clear sense of where you're headed. So if I would say to you, let's even look at the origin of strategy. Remember, we are talking about translating strategy into action. I'm spending a bit of time in this segment to talk about it because when we get into the other um, side of the fence, it will be easier for you to run with it. Strategy is from the original Greek, which means the art of the general. Why is strategy necessary? Because of competition and scarcity of resources. The ultimate goal is to win in the marketplace. And when you have that as the ultimate goal, you need to offer something that makes you stand out from the rest of the pie. The rest of the pie could be, would be your competitors. And this is about what they cannot offer. Or maybe they offer it, but not as good enough. Or it could be what they will not offer. Or perhaps what they will be slow to offer. So it's about and winning takes place when there's a clear sense of duty and there's a pathway. You can also look at it from a perspective that says you need some measure of foundational work to make this play. Number one, you need to have a deep understanding of the situation. So here you are. I mean, the easiest thing to sell those days, many years ago, would have been a recharge card. But Everybody needed an umbrella. Remember the days of um, when um, the telcos just started and you could find yellow, red, all kinds of colors all over the place, green. Wherever you go, you'll find uh, umbrellas, people sitting under the umbrellas selling recharge cards. But the recharge card phenomenon faded and we went into a time when folks could just give you a sleep and then you're able to charge and then it became more digital. Today, many of us don't even think about it, but does that make the recharge card or not the recharge a mechanism that doesn't um, exist? Of course not. It still exists. If you go into the real rural areas, they may not really be sitting in the same digital format that we are here in the city or urban areas. And so if you're looking at setting up a business that will get things done or to give you some measure of profit and you then go over to a rural area to set up that business, the chances of you making the type of profit that you require would be slim. Why? Because you need a critical mass and your pricing, the pricing dynamic there may not allow you because folks there may be very poor. 
compare that to having that in the city, the quality of your audience in the city will then make you necessarily invest in a digital format that allows the people that align with what you're selling and will come easily and you can make some good bucks from them. That is having a deep understanding of the situation. But many of us just assume that it's about, you know, I just want to sell recharge. I want to sell, I want to be able to, people want to recharge. I know they need to recharge on the go. I'll set up this business anyway. I'll set it up in the village. I'll set it up in the town. I'll set it up in the city. If you don't have a good sense of this, of the situation, you may as well pack your bags in the next couple of days. Why? Because your profits will be eroded. When I come back, we're going to move swiftly into another dimension where we'll be looking at unique insights on how you plan your strategy or your form of attack. Don't go away. We'll be right back shortly. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, to Navigate with ID and Ang. Um, just in case you're just joining us, um, I bid you welcome. We've been looking at um, a very interesting topic, and um, more or less, I consider it um, a side dish um, to the stream of our main theme that we have been you know, chatting about and discussing in the last couple of episodes around intrapreneurship. Today, I decided to take a slant into translating strategy into action because many times entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs require a starting point. And the starting point is understanding that you need to have a strategy. And so when I started, I talked about the beacon of business success or organizational success sitting within the ambit of the decisions that people make. And these decisions are premised on three major elements. One, the markets where you play, the type of markets, um, the underlining dimensions of the markets. I gave examples. I said you could look at it and say, hey, financial market is a market. Um, Fast-moving consumer goods market is a market, but there's a food market within that particular industry. There's also the tech market and the rest, you know, you can add up yourself. There's also the need to look at the competitive advantage. Without a competitive advantage, you probably will just be ordinary. But in making that happen, you need to have a competitive positioning. And between those, you know, three elements, decisions now come, and then you then drive for success. And so getting into it, one needs to understand that choices need to be made. And these choices ultimately become what you term as strategy. As simplistic as it may sound, many people do not go through the process. They don't even understand that, hey, I'm stepping into doing this side hustle. Do you know how many of you have burnt your fingers, you know, resources you, you just quickly collect 400,000 loan here. I want to do this business. I think it's before you know it, the 400K is gone and the bank is, you know, zooming and calling you and then debiting and crediting all manner of stuff into you. And people are chasing you. Oh boy, where my money? If you went to the typical money lender, it's because you never sat down to say, what is my strategy? As little as that small side hustle is, it requires a process. And so I was just walking into the space of 
talking about the foundations of an effective strategy. And I started by saying, the first thing you need is a deep understanding of the situation. So I give an example. I said, selling recharge cards or whatever name you want to call it might just be a good business. But you find someone decides to set that up in a suburban or a rural area and you're expecting to make profits, but you live in the urban area. It's not going to work. But if that individual is actually a local, lives in that whole zone, what he requires or she requires will be very minimal to manage the cost that will ultimately give him or her the profit required. In like manner, the person selling recharge cards in the city needs to locate himself or herself in the right place. You can't be selling recharge cards in a place like VI. You know that your audience will definitely be the servants or the what I call the blue-collar urban um, people sitting there. If you put the umbrella there, it's guys that are walking on the streets or person, probably, you know, either the megads or the domestic servants of the people, the residents there. If it's within an office area, then you know it will be the drivers, etc. None of the managers will come all the way down to, hey, why let me charge my phone? They probably will use a digital method. The pricing will be different. So understanding that situation tells you what strategy to adopt. Now, by the way, you can actually employ people. So here's the deal. You can choose to help your brothers at home, that is home here being the village. Every one of us needs to be the his or our brother's keeper. So I look at my place in Ikotokwene and I see a young man who is just buzzing around. I can actually invest, give him, say, a certain amount of money to go invest and sell a Richard card back there in the village and manage it. That is a deep understanding of the situation. And I hope the little monies you'll make from it, you will not squander it, but it gets something done. In the same light, I can come over to the city Within where I stay in my estate, I can actually have some mobile retailers or be able to associate myself by employing people in my suburb. So it is having an understanding of this that drives the strategy you would deploy to make sure you get your objective done. The second big piece in this is having an insight into your own plan of attack. Attack here meaning how do you want to take over that market? And I said to you that strategy is very much the anchor within a war situation. So you must look at it as something competitive. It's not war, war, I mean, as in guns blazing, no. But you want to take territories. You can't go and take a man's territory and then make so much money and the man is going to just sit down and fold his arms and watch you. No. It means you need to then marshal resources and mobilize people to help you execute the plan but you need to have a sense of that. And how does this work? It works when you understand that uncommon sense has to become common nonsense. And I'm saying that because many times, many people, those that make it in business will come with something that is uncommon, something that people have not seen. It may be a search and reapply. It may be something you probably just saw in some other climb. Maybe those that travel, they just see something unique and they spot it and quickly they come back home to execute. But you need to have the heart of 
strategy. If you don't have it, then it will be very tough making that happen. And so, friends, I'd like to give a very short you know, process. And I'm doing this because um, it's a way to help those that are currently in business. And I find a lot of entrepreneurs, to be honest, sitting back and complaining. And you know why? Because the process was a bit abused. And so progress is not coming the way it should be. Bear in mind, I understand that doing business in Nigeria can be very tough, but you need to go back to the drawing board and ask yourself two major questions. What exactly is that need that I want to fulfill? What have I seen that there's a need in this area and my mission is to go fulfill that need? If you don't have that crystal clear, you want to get in because some other person is telling you that he or she made some quick box or fast box, you want to invest in it, you may shoot yourself, not just in the feet, in the head, because you may not recover the resource, not in the short term or medium term. But if you have a mission, from that mission, you then have goals that you set. When you have these goals, you then create your strategy. When you move from your strategy, then you need to have the tactics to implement the strategy. When you finish the implementation, you need to now come to measurement. At that stage, it's about performance management. Many people do not check and manage their businesses daily. Let me give you a typical example, just in case you are someone that is into maybe the beverages. I want to use this example because um, of my past experience. One of the key line promises we had uh, when I worked for the Coca-Cola company, by the way, I spent about 11 years with the Coca-Cola company, very exciting times. I still enjoy the benefit of, you know, working for that great company. And I tell you, romancing that brand called Coke uh, meant a lot and still means a lot to me. Um, friends of mine still wonder why I would still always drink Coke, despite the fact that um, they don't want to, they want to do something different. Coke is just what I, you know, I enjoy. I always tell them that you can't beat that feeling. It's the real thing. But in making it the real thing, one of the philosophies then for us at the Coca-Cola company was you just need to have just one drinker a day, one more person to have a swig of a bottle of Coke. And in getting that one consumer at the back of your mind, you need to deliver it at the point where that consumer will never, ever forget. For those that may not know this, if you go back in time to the ads we used to have at Coca-Cola, you can't beat that feeling. It's the real thing. Do you know why that is so? It starts from even the experience when handling that bottle. When you handle the bottle, it's specifically made to fit. It's a contour bottle, proprietary. When your palm goes into it, it holds it in the middle. That particular bottle or the, must be delivered and the drink must be delivered at a certain degree. Five degrees is what it is. At five degrees and you hold it and you tilt it to a certain angle and have that drink there will be a bone and a bite at the back of your throat. And by the time you take 
go down a bit, you'll find yourself coming out and saying, ah, you, and that's where the can't beat the feeling comes from. It was, it can only be Coca-Cola. And so what is the mission? The mission is to get one drinker a day. And in doing that, a whole system kicks in. The way we are going to deliver ice to Mamarisi, the way the coke crates need to be brought before Mamarisi by 6.30, the trucks are leaving the plants. You find the trucks beginning to deliver right to your doorstep. You know, growing up those days, you see stacks of crates on the road. And then there's a delivery truck with delivery boys it's all to get that one you, that one consumer. The whole system is governized around that one mission. And the goal is to ensure that by the time you are holding that Coke, it is delivered with the full experience, cold, ice cold Coca-Cola. There's nothing like it. I mean, this is, and the Coke guys are not sponsoring this program. I'm sure, you know, someone will just say, but this is not a Coke program. But I'm telling you, it is Navigate with Idea and um, Coke is part of my process and part of what I've done. So I'm using it to highlight how a brand has been successful. I was not just brand manager. I was everything inside that Coca-Cola company. I was an entrepreneur. I was a manager. I was a general manager. I was an executive. But I'm telling you, it was part of the mission and the goal that years after, the philosophy still stays with me. So. If the goal is to deliver that bottle to you, tell me, my friend, if you drink that bottle for the first time, and by the way, there's always another philosophy that we must talk about availability. You can't walk beyond a certain um, set of meters. You know, you must have you must have that experience, and so you can have a cooler different ice coolers located strategically because you don't need to walk very far before you can get that. It's a goal. It galvanizes the entire system. And people now sit back and say, how do we now create a strategy to make sure we deliver this? And the internal, the external environments come together and that becomes a whole frame. This is how you can build your small business. Have a mission, have a goal have a strategy, then you can now sit back and implement your tactics. When those tactics are being implemented, that's when the 4P is kicking. That's when your product, your price, your promotion, and where you will take your product. The 4Ps in marketing are still alive. I know today marketing has evolved, but wherever it evolves to, we'll come back to the 4Ps. You can't talk about customer marketing and everything. It comes within the 4Ps. You can't talk about pricing, it comes within the four Ps. You can't say anything about any product or service, it comes within product, still four Ps. You can't get it into any environment or location or channel, still within the four Ps. That's where the place is, that's where distribution comes in. You need to think through the entire gamut of it, whatever type of business, because it's about implementation. When you don't go through this process, you can't see progress. Because by the time you want to try to measure, you won't see anything to measure. You just think, oh, nobody's coming to buy. As regards performance management, I will tell you that by the time a truck leaves the plant in those days, from a Keja, a Papa, either a Keja A or a Keja B or a Papa, or any of the 16 plants or 18 plants across the country, 
everybody understands that by noon, by one o'clock, you will know as a sales manager how many cases of Coke have been sold. How? Tracking. There is consistent tracking. There is consistent tracking. I can't take this into a lecture of how that is done. If you need me to come teach your team, you can, you know, find a way to reach me. And I'll be very happy to take you through this journey and show you how a strategy process works. Because many business owners today are failing to connect, translate their strategy into action. And it's simply because they abuse the process. They abuse the process because they think they know. But what they don't know is that what they think they know is actually dated, does not exist. It could also be third-party discussions. Sometimes it makes good sense when you are able to sit back and say to yourself, what exactly will be common elements of a successful strategy? And it sits on effective implementation. If you want to read about this, there's a book I read many years ago and I still recommend it. It's about execution by Ram Sharam and Larry Bossidy. Execution, 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 execution. If you want to find a business that is successful, you must learn to execute. You can have all the strategy in the world. You can have all the all the things done, the great things done, but if the team, the individuals fail to execute, then you are in for nothing. You are not going to reap. But if you execute, and what does it mean to execute? It's being simple, consistent, and making sure that your short to long-term goals are being tracked and met. What does it mean to execute? It means having a profound understanding of your competitive environment. It means working daily. Then at the Coca-Cola company, we had Operation Red. Red means, R-E-D means right execution daily. When you look at a cooler, there is a certain way the cooler must be dressed. If it is a 280, that, that is the size of the cooler, you know the number of drinks that will go into a 280. If it is a 400, BTO, you know what you go into a 400. And if it is a double door, a double door cooler has a certain arrangement. It's all around execution. And everybody from the guy selling into the store to the merchandiser that you find in the store would have a planogram. There's a planogram in their hands and they can put the rules and say the first five rules will be Coca-Cola. The next two rows will be Fanta. The next three rows will be Sprite. And the last one at the bottom will be Everwater or Juice. It is not just done. There is a method to the madness. So you must have a clear, simple, consistent measure of your execution. Now you can see the kind of passion I was talking about that I left Coke. Uh, 2007, probably 14 years ago that I left the Coca-Cola company. But I tell you, you know, romancing that brand was a big thing. And I can say the same thing about my experience uh, with Cadbury and more importantly also with L'Oreal. 
you would find that each of these brands and each of these companies, the reason why they are still there centuries after is because they understand what it takes to keep the main thing the main thing. Yes, the market may not look good. The market may not look right. But life is about hills and valleys. So when you, if your strategy does not work today, if the environment does not allow it to work today, you need to look inwards and think differently. And that's why strategy never, ever becomes a permanent feature. What becomes a permanent feature is how you approach your environment. That is the flexibility and noble attitude that is required from somebody. So if you are thinking as an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur, and there you are saying to yourself, this is how I want to survive. And you're asking yourself, am I sure I have a strategy? Well, I'm going to borrow a leaf from Donald Hambrick and James Fredrickson. They had this um, metrics like um, the BCG, the Boston Consulting BCG, you know, the four quadrants. At the top left quadrant, you know, you'll find the arena where you can say, okay, where are you active? In which arena are you active? The bottom part of that quadrant is where you have what I call the differentiator. How will I win in this market? So you are sitting from the arena, the top, and the, the bottom is the differentiator. How will I win? You would have asked yourself, where will I be active? Then you come to the far right, the quadrant, and say, okay, you put vehicles there. How will I get there? How will I get to that space? The bottom right, which is the lower part, is about staging. How and what will be my speed and sequence of moves? How? Those are elements you can start, you know, regalvanizing your entire mindset and business construct because the season is tough. Only those who understand how to drive effective strategy and execution will survive. If you don't have a strategic objective, if you don't have a sense of your of who your market, your addressable and non-addressable markets would be, some of you call it target audience, but they are addressable and they are non-addressable. Who? If you don't have a sense of the value proposition that is about the what and the how, and you do not also have a sense of the medium, between your value proposition and the channels or the medium would be your capability, talking about your systems. Do you have the right systems? Do you have the right processes? Do you have the, the capability to deliver what your mission is saying? If you don't, then go back to the drawing board. Don't burn money. Don't go take loan upon loan. I mean, a simple case is you are selling drinks or selling beverages. You have a cooler. You are selling different brands and different SKUs. SKU means stock keeping units. You must have an opening stock. Even if your sales girl comes there, she must know how many 250 liters were there, how many 500 ml were there, how many one liter cans were there. Those are stock keeping units. And you might have them in different flavors, maybe orange, cola, 
lemon, whatever. You open the market, your store is your market that day. You must have an idea. And at the end of the day, you will take note. That is performance management. You come back and say, what is my closing stock? But let me tell you what happens. Many of you do not inspect what you expect. You set up businesses and you'll be proud to say, I have a shop in Via. I have a store in Ikeja. My sales girl. And while you want to show off with your friends, you pick up your phone. Uh, Shegu, yeah, Shodita, have you sold today? How many? Okay, well done. I'll check on you later. Show off. You are not showing off where it matters at the point of execution as the owner of the business. You're not going back in the evening to close with your staff or go in there as a mystery shopper. Send some people there to go to know if your sales girl or sales boy is selling at the recommended retail price. Many of you abandon it and later on, you say your business is suffering. It's not the business suffering. You are the one. You are burning you're burning resources, you're burning cash. And it's because you lack the discipline of an entrepreneur. Friends, there's a lot to be said. When we come back next week, I'm going to continue from here. We must get it right and we must start doing the right things. Let's quit complaining and let's do what is needful. If you have questions, please, you can follow me on my social media handles. It's at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G, across board. Um, and if you have a question, you can send an email to contact navigate with ID.com. And when we have the pleasure of sharing one-to-one, you and I can actually look at it and say, we've made some progress. Wish you all the very best. Thank you so much for listening. I hope it made sense. And I look forward to sharing with you again and also learning from you. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.